Hi guys, welcome to another episode of QQ. My name is Paul Weston, and today I am joined by Torin and Mitchell. Uh, guys, say hello. 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 Uh, Hi. Uh, uh, Mitch is this guy. Hi, I'm this one. And Torin is this guy. No, I'm Mitch. Anyways, all right. So we're gonna be doing uh, Perfect Blue. It was done by Satoshi Kon, nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, and before we get into the uh, spoilers discussion that we like, um, Torn and Mitch are gonna give you sort of a really brief, uh, like minute and a half <clears throat> review of whether you're, you should or should not see it if you haven't. Yeah. Right. Um, Mitch, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's a very interesting film. Like I uh, I find there's uh, moments in this that are sort of like uh, if we're given a grades, it's like some moments were like B minus or C, and then some were like A. And I think it's a very uneven film. It's a film that uh, has a lot of ambition, which I am always a fan of. But uh, and also this is an anime film, so if you hmm. are into anime or you like Japanese animation um it will work for you if not uh it may be a bit hard to get into um but i found uh it was an interesting film if not a fully successful one um but it made me think and it made me you might mess with my head a little bit do you that's, have anything to add yeah. to that time well that's pretty fair i sort of went the other way i wasn't really turned on by it to be honest right uh, i think maybe just because i've seen the psychological theme played out before uh, and this film yeah. focuses heavily on that. I do actually agree with Mitch's um, point that some moments are like A, A+. Plus, and I think a lot of the, even though it's an anime film, a lot of the shots um, of the city were really interesting to me. And they mm. used them well to punctuate uh, the sort of psychological focus. So I did like that. Uh, but on the whole, I'd probably give it like a, a B. <laughs> I just wasn't that we, turned Are we going to give grades now? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, okay. well, 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 I'm actually going to gonna give it a B. Uh, yeah? I'm around the same level, yeah. I'd probably okay. give it a, a B plus, because yep. I can. No. All right, uh, <laughs> that if you guys... Right. All right, <laughs> that's pretty hard. <laughs> that, is, that is your right as the yeah. host. Yeah. And if you're curious as to why, no. Um, they already basically said a number of the things that uh, that I thought. So uh, Now, if you haven't seen the film, I would uh, pause this while I go watch the film. It's a very short one. It's like an hour 15, hour 20. Hour um, 20, 38 seconds. Apparently, someone likes to count. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, we're going to get straight into yeah. the sort of spoilers discussion. So I have a, a first question just to get right off the bat. Um, why is it called Perfect Blue? Mm. Uh, Mitch, you told me you mm. had a few theories on this. Well, like, and none of them are perfect because it's mm. not um, – it's one of the few films where – I mean we've uh, – uh, Paul and I have talked about titles before in other QQs. Um, but it's one of the few films where I'm truly, like, I don't have a fully formed theory about it. The only thing that I saw is that close to the end of the movie, there's a shot where, um, uh, and so this is the spoilery stuff. Hopefully people mm. have seen the movie. But uh, when she's been hit by the car along with, uh, uh, is it Ryu-chan? Uh, yeah, chan mm. And um, she's lying in the road and she looks up and she sees the sky and then for a moment it gets like a little bit brighter. Um, oh, and then yeah. I think there's a shot right after it where it's like a, you know, blue sky and there's like, you know, little clouds and stuff. And I thought maybe it was just about like uh, the juxtaposition of how she wants a perfect life and, you know, her whole existence is getting mu muddied up. Um, I that's thought maybe fair. that's what it might be. I also could be completely talking out of my ass. It could it's also of... be that uh, her favorite Power Ranger is the blue one. 
Uh, and that's oh, yeah. why the Power Rangers are at the beginning. Well, <laughs> I I have a theory actually that it just popped into my head, and this is way back. Um, Paul, sorry to cut you off. The yeah, Power no, Rangers fine. stuff. I was that's just fine. you know pretty well fleshed out, but I I have to say I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. When I was taking philosophy in like first year university, one of the things we focused on was uh, color, not not really color theory, but the idea that like everybody experiences color differently. So there's no, there's nobody that says, or you can't say, sorry, I just had a motion from Steph. I'm talking too loudly. Oh, I, She's trying I, to watch I, I the bachelorette. It's that, important. Yeah. Um, but there's like, <laughs> nobody will agree uh, on a shade of blue. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm not okay, explaining so, it very well, are, are, are but everybody's saying... experience of color, experience of the world is subjective, right? And right. so we can't get into each other's minds to affirm like, yes, that is definitely blue. Somebody might be like, yeah, I sort of see teal. Or like, is this shade darker than that shade? And they'd be like, oh, that's mm. that's blue to me. That's the perfect blue to me. So it's going to be different for everyone. I don't know. That's interesting. I wish I knew sort of more of the science of yeah color because if, and color and like light. Because I feel like that would have a lot to do. I mean, someone that was smarter than me could probably maybe refute that. But I th mm. think at least on an emotional level, uh, and this may be a thematic level that might work. Um, I don't. Nothing. A, I think the personally. I think the problem is. Um, it's like I now that you say that it also makes sense. Like it's the fact that she has such a subjective experience of her reality, um, and she's trying to contend with that. The problem is like this isn't. Except for maybe what I said, but I'm not even sure if I caught it. It's not really represented visually. Mm. So true. Yeah. I, like I like, and I was trying to think like, is there something I missed in the text? And, the, and like, blue isn't even uh, recorded as a color for most of the film. Yeah, it's like it's, red and yeah, all these different like pinks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's sort of, I guess that led some credence or like tips the scales in favor of when she's lying flat on her mm. back after she's had that tussle with. Romi right. Chen? Uh, 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 Rumi um, Chen, yeah. Rumi, Rumi. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she sees Chan the Chen is like a, an extension to a name, by the way, guys. Yeah, so I just like... didn't... I didn't uh, know if it was Romi or not, mm. but it's Rumi. No, it is. <laughs> but, oh. um, yeah, so it's... Uh, that's, that's something I, I thought was kind of interesting. Mm. So why don't we go ahead and talk into something that um, we could probably all agree that was a really strong point of the film... And it was sort of the, the shots and the editing that sort of matched. Uh, I did a lot of sort of match shots mm. and so on and so forth. Um, one thing that I really enjoyed about this film is how I felt like, whereas there are a lot of films that do the psychological thing, um, like Black Swan and mm. so on and so forth, um, very clear inspiration from this film. Um I felt like it did a really nice job of making me feel like I was never really actually sure what reality I was in. Mm -hmm. And to the point where, like, in, in certain things like Black Swan or whatever, I can kind of go, I think I'm in this mm -hmm. one. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, okay, now I'm in this real one. There were times when I was like, I don't even know if I'm, like, where yeah. am I? And, like, right. I, I, can, there, I think there are problems with that. And um, it actually leads into my issue with the ending where when it's revealed that it's Rumi-chan being sort mm. of the, the basically mm. the person that's um, doing all these horrible things mm. to her, um, that I was so focused on trying to figure out what reality I was in. 
um, with all these like mash cuts and everything that I didn't really sort of have enough sort of emotional memory of how Rumi Chan felt about all this that I didn't right. the ending that probably should have had an emotional punch just didn't um, there's like too much stimulus mm. but that said I still think the execution on how to do all that stuff where a lot I think a lot of films try to I think this one did a really good job of making me really question what reality I was in from the majority of the film. Yeah, yeah. it's it, the pacing of that um, sort of progression into unknowing, like total confusion for, uh, is it Mimi? Mimi yeah. Chan? Uh, um, Mima? Is, yeah. is Mima, yeah. Mima, um, is really good because at first you, you sort of do have a handle on things. You're like, oh, uh, it's a stalker. It's a stalker figure that's responsible for creating this alter ego online, which is really just obsessive detailing of, of Mima's life. Um, but then it turns out that, you know, she has seemingly dissociative personality disorder and she's doing the blackout thing where she wakes up, she doesn't know what she's done and is somebody planting um, the, the sort of murder evidence in her room or is, you know, did she go and purchase those things and carry it out herself? You know, because that boundary of her room, Mima's room has already been breached by apparently somebody outside even though it's revealed that like that person has a a smaller role or a different role than we figure out or than we first yeah. thought when we figure out that Rumi is this sort of mastermind or I don't know well, what one of the things I thought um and I would actually go a step further uh in sort of commending um this uh strategy that uh, Satoshi Khan puts forward I think uh I think tonally it's actually kind of masterful um, I think mm. it suffers on a narrative level in just ter terms of being like cohesive, but I think like uh, from the first frame, like I, I, you know, turn this on, I'm like, okay, perfect blue, here we go. And it goes into this Japanese uh, Power Rangers style cartoon. And you're like, I, did yeah. I get the wrong thing? Did I turn this on? <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too, actually. Yeah. Like I literally had that reaction. I just like, oh no, I have the wrong uh, file or whatever this is. Um, and then it goes into this sort of like Robert Altman-esque, like uh, everybody's talking to each other and you're hearing different conversations. And then finally you settle on the main character. But I think uh, what it does really well in that scene and then also a lot later she has a dream sequence um, or I, you know, it's like a series of dream sequences where she keeps waking up on the bed in the same position. And then either someone's outside of the room or someone's not outside of the room. And then she's always recording for the show and then she's not recording for the show. Um, and I think at first, uh, the flaws of this film seem very apparent, but then they also seem part of the construction, like the repetitive mm -hmm. stuff I thought was irritating at first. And then I realized, especially around that scene that it was, at least part of the construction, which I thought was very clever. Yeah. Well, and right. I like, yeah, there's, I definitely have that sort of same issue, mm. Mitch, where it's like, I feel like this, I feel like I would really enjoy some a lot more the second time mm. around. And like, maybe I'll bring up that sort of like the discussion of like, you know, where does the burden lie on mm. um, sort of narrative clarity on the audience or the director? Mm. And like, does a film need to make perfect sense the first time? But um, going into something that I was hoping to focus on briefly, it's like the actual like sort of details or um, the steps of execution that a Satoshi Khan actually does that I really, really liked um, is one that the film always felt like it had forward momentum mm. and it often did this by cutting out a lot of the um, sort of 
I don't know, like the, the spot that you don't, the, the stuff that you don't normally. Well, it's, it's sort of need to see. The, the Coen Brothers do right. this a lot too, where they sort of they write yeah. scenes and then the scenes sort of like the conversation ends a lot longer after the scene mm. finishes. But yeah, yeah right, yeah. like where it's yeah. it's the next line yeah. in the script being like, you know, she keeps saying, "Who are mm. you? Who are you?" Mm. And you realize her that scene, she's practicing mm. lines, but for the line, but for the scene beforehand, right. Right. she's asking like. There was someone at the door, or there was a noise, or she saw somebody, and she wanted to, as the audience wanted to know, yeah. who was that, right? And so he uses not only these really uh, sneaky match cuts to, like, literally gets right into the next mm. scene in sort of a seamless, yet sort of uh, pleasing way aesthetically, but he also uses the line. Uh, and he does this, some people might say this is, like, over-stylized, but for me, personally, I really enjoyed, like... I feel like this film had so much more content than most films, even though it was only a minute yeah. or uh, an hour twenty. Yeah. And I would much rather have a film that was like sort of jam packed than a film that sort of lingers too long. Um, and I, like, there's obviously pros and cons. You need yeah. certain styles for certain films, but like, I thought at least in terms of sort of execution on this sort of like fast paced momentum style, mm-hmm. like this might be some of the best sort of forward momentum I've seen in a film just in the fact like using it yeah. all different uh, mediums well right? Torin did you feel like it was overstuffed or were you just sort of because I thought that at some points and then sometimes I thought like there's almost not enough to the scene or was that just me I don't know right I, I think it does a great a uh, good job of contributing to like the bewilderment when she f- sort of slips into the very fugue um, dreamy mm-hmm. sequence where she's like has a bigger role in the film that they're shooting and she's being like her character in the film you slowly discover is has a dissociative identity disorder and she's being uh, ministered to by the psychiatrist and so like when it it got to that i was like oh shit that nice trick yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) did you actually say those words because that i would really yeah under my breath subconsciously (laughs) i did but no, I think Mitch, you brought up a great point. Uh, it starts really strongly with that, with the, it's not really a throwaway, but you think you're in the wrong movie for a second, and then there's so much, on on like the intensity and uh, bustle basically of of behind this uh, the camera, and <laughs> I'm losing my words. I can't even speak today. I just spent 20 minutes like running around screaming at myself. <laughs> that, that's true. Let's let's not get into for, that part. For um, film. Oh, uh, but I just in terms of you brought up the camera part of it. Well, the other really interesting thing about this is um, while it is anime and you sort of it's more traditional Japanese anime with the faces like very still and you know the mouths just sort of go up and down rather than like traditional animation or something like from uh, Hiyomazaki. But the camera, I found the camera movement in this was remarkably similar to, like, if you just propped a camera in each set. Like, I found what was interesting is that they really had a shot-for-shot, you know, not so much animation, like, uh, leverage there. Like, it was almost, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's not naturalistic in the way that those shots were composed. That was interesting. Yeah, and so, that opening mm-hmm. scene with uh, their, the camera details all these separate conversations and you feel like, okay, who am I supposed to hold on to right. here? What, what's this character's significance? Right. And many of them actually do uh, main, like stay mm-hmm. significant throughout the film, but you don't know and, and you're trying to focus like who's going to be the main character yes, here. Um, and you don't find out for like a good minute, minute and a half. Mm-hmm. 
and just that is like such a strong thematic um what do you it just underlines the theme very strongly for sure. me so going back to that scene is actually making me appreciate the oh, movie a lot okay more. i can sense it because yeah. a, a lot of it was like so, sort of a meditation on celebrity cult of celebrity mm. and the stalker that uh mima has which i'm not i don't know we can talk more about the representation of the stalker i had a question about the stalker but i'm just gonna leave it to paul uh next yeah interesting yeah. right um i want one thing i will bring up with the, the stalker thing um is that we find out at minute 38 yeah. that he is the one that's responsible for the the channel mm. the or the the, the website mm. um do we want to sort of briefly speak about how the film always seems to come back to these like three or four guys um talking about their like what they think of uh, mima mm. and like all these other celebrities because it, it's almost like it it almost you're talking about a, the film producers and like executive producers well, and no 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 like i know the, what you're talking about like they like the guys that show up and like the peanut gallery yeah, yeah, guys yeah. like where oh, dumb, yeah, yeah. like teenagers it like, comes back to them yeah. like four or five yeah. times right and i feel like he's trying to say something very clear about that well um, i think i can't I think the issue is that like the text um like there there's a couple times like i said where it's just those repetitive messages being sort of like mm. thrown at you and i think mm. it worked a little better for me with like the pop idol ghost stuff where she's saying like i'm the pop idol I, that's a terrible impression of what that is <laughs> but just whoa am i watching the film right <laughs> exactly now? but um i i feel like it worked a little better with the more surreal stuff and less with like mm the naturalistic like i'm sitting on a bus reading the paper being like this is weird she's weird now i just thought it was a lot of the <laughs> same dialogue over and over again in that and it didn't i don't know if he's talking yeah. about the same thing though i feel like those yeah. those two like the 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 pop idol ghost and then the, the boys they're 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 sort of a, a discussion on. oh no 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 things. sorry that's not what i meant what i meant right? was that when we come back to those kids that they're usually mm. talking about something very similar each time to, to the discussion oh. they had before. Yeah, sorry. Mm. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's... um, I feel like, yeah, that area may not have um, pulled out as much as it could have, but I was really intrigued by the idea. Um, and I thought it was uh, close enough to the story that it could have done something. Um, and I don't know, the more that we talk about this film, the more I think that I would... Like, I might actually consider putting this into, like, a, a level. Because, like... Um, <laughs> Just because there are so many things I feel like I missed because of other, like the editing, uh, trying to figure out who is what and all this sort of stuff. And like, you can make the argument being like, well, then that's just a problem with the story. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I really enjoyed watching sort of the aesthetic level and then being like, okay, cool. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Now I can go back and appreciate the story. The fact that the film even makes me want to go and watch it again at some point, I right. think there's something to speak to that. Um, right? yeah, I had a question. So I had a question with the stalkers before we get too off. Yeah, I was going to say, I just, uh, so the first time that we see him, he, uh, mm -hmm. you know, very clearly stands out from the crowd. Cause I think he has some sort of facial deformity, facial difference or whatever it may be. And he also does this weird hand thing where it makes her look like she's in a snow. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. and again, there's a lot of very memorable, like one shot mm -hmm. images in this movie, which is also nice. But, um, so it, you know, it turns out like he's, he's sort of like bullied and like outcast from, uh, the crowd because of the way he looks. Um, but isn't he immediate, he's a, like a security guard for the, um, he, 
like event management. Wait, he, stuff, he is? Right? Oh, I, th- I thought he was just. I, I think so. I thought he was just coming. That's to why her... he goes over to address those the sort of ruffian oh, gang, I just, I just peanut gallery like people jealous. who are throwing cans. I thought he was like jealous mm. and like going to like defend her honor because that was his whole thing. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I thought, yeah, because I thought. I, I can't can remember s- the way the shot is oh. constructed, but mm. I thought that at points he's like facing the crowd, like that's how he initially is. So he's watching for like troublemakers, and well, I, I thing- thought there was like another guard oh, standing by him. That's why he's got that weirdo uniform on. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah, like I, I think Torn might be oh. right because like he's on the opposite side of the fence, right? Because there's a very clear yeah. like U-shaped oh, okay. fence, and he's on one side, and there's another guy, and then there's a big audience. I, so yeah, I hadn't watched that beforehand, that. but I, he might actually that's, be a guard, oh, that's interesting. which and would that's also one make of the, sense. One of the themes that runs throughout is um, like that Mima's personality seems to be split between like this the ghost figure who's chastising her decision right, to switch right. um, careers and saying like, look at now you're a slut, you've done a, a rape scene, you've thrown your body away to the, the hounds sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could have been me, you could have been Pop right. Idol and Cham, her band starts doing really well afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's sort of infuriating, but she manically insists yeah. that she's um, made the right decision uh so that like the idea of protecting and staying true to herself to like picking an identity and protecting that one uh crops up again and again right and that's eventually what drives rumi to emulate her and to because we find out that rumi believes in the pop idol image of mima much more than she does the film star image yeah, right yeah. and she wants to preserve that to protect it from and i, and I think we should talk about rumi sure a, a but just little bit, a I think quick... she's a, yeah i was gonna oh, say like so because i was so, almost like, there. i do think she's <laughs> yeah. yeah she's uh <laughs> i definitely think the uh the biggest problem in the film and just sort of the way that mm. it's executed but i know that uh, um mitch has wanted yeah. to ask me a question because i'm also very interested in rumi chan but just okay so quickly mm. to wrap it up on the yeah. stalker yeah let's do stay we... on the stalker yeah how do we feel about the fact that he's like the only one that you know you could put like in heavy quotations because obviously it's like you know you don't want to say this but like mm. the ugly one is the stalker mm. do you know what i mean yeah like right. the one yeah i had a problem with that too. yeah like yeah. the one non-attractive dude is like oh i'm mm. obsessed with you know Mima chan mm. and because the movie's so obsessed I think on the other side of like media representation of like how women are just like cycling through these like racy photo shoots and rape scenes mm. and stuff. I just found like mm. on the other hand, it's just like, oh, have the gross Almost one, have the gross <laughs> one be the stalker. That makes mm. the most sense. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it could be, I, the film could be fishing for that. Yeah. Like mm. it could be wanting you to ask these questions. And I definitely felt uncomfortable yeah. about it. Like I watched the Hills have eyes and like, it's supposed to be like Southern, states inbred nuclear fallout community that's isolated in the hills that drag like you know the good um white (laughs) uh middle-class suburban family who's gone out of the way made a mistake a a wrong turn you know and so like the film just seems to get off like in a voyeuristic way on the deformity of those Mm -hmm. people and to like constantly transpose like psychological abnormality or aberration onto the physical it makes me uncomfortable because like even even if the film is using that character to to fish for us to to make us wonder why yeah. uh these characters are always portrayed like that i mean it still cashes in on the deformity in some way so yeah. i don't i think I don't that like was it. the weakness for me is that like that was representative to me of like a slightly larger problem why maybe i won't raise myself from a beat is just i couldn't tell if it was subverting these clichés or if it was just playing into it yeah well like right. i wonder if it 
is subverting just a little bit with it being like it it sort of tries to make you think oh he's the one that's mm. sort of the real mastermind behind all this um when you ultimately realize it's Rumi that's controlling everything yeah. and that he's just sort of kind of stuck i mean he's obviously got very clear issues yeah. um but he's not really the mastermind behind all this um, well, I mean, interestingly, though, he seems still... to have this uncanny relationship with Mima where he, he seems to know her better than herself. Mm. Like, he's obviously been obsessively detailing her movements right. and what she picks up for milk, but he's inside her head narrating it. So, you know, maybe there is a word to be said, like, it it positions a character in a way that makes us question um, the use of deformity or whatever. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, by, by, by giving that character, like, knowledge of the... Sen- Mima, the central character, it's like maybe this representation shows you more about yourself than you're capable of, you know, mm-hmm. apprehending. I, no, I don't know. That's that's good. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, on a purely like visceral level, I think we all had sort of reaction like really like you could it just, like, that just feel so. It's just like and maybe bec- this is 1980 or 1997. I just feel like yeah. even so. by that point, like it's very overplayed. I just mm-hmm. feel like. Like if it yeah. if it had one opportunity to sort of like send, you know, that trope into the future, it sort of just like didn't yet. Yeah. I feel like maybe um he was trying to give us a red herring. Uh, but it but it wasn't. But or it was and it was I don't know. Like yeah. that's what I mean, yeah. like right. where like he, he tried to, uh-huh. but he kinda got a little too cute. Um because like ultimately when it's revealed to through me, I'm kinda like I don't care as much as well, I Well actually I thought the reveal of Rumi was really interesting because she is positioned as the only character who seems to actually give a shit what's happening to Mima. And and so you felt like it was genuine for most of that film. And then you realize that it's all an act or not an act, but it's just like, it's too far that way. Like it's, you know, she's the one that cares. The issue for me is that she just suddenly disappears. Yes. And like, they, they found a really interesting part for her to like i can see the exact moment where she goes snap and she turns into the really uh sort of scary character that is haunting mima and it's during the rape scene she's crying she's upset and she disappears for a long time right but the problem is she disappears and then like we focus on all this other stuff like people get murdered um like these other characters are doing horrible things um we get uh um I don't know, uh his uh mana ma- manager right. or Ma- mana uh, sure. um he gets that's that's his doctor. Uh, we we apologize um, for he... butchering all of the names on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I watched the dub version, so oh, how dare you? That's disgusting. Ooh. But anyway, like so we don't talk about that today. Um, <laughs> I, what's wrong with watching no, dubs? No, no. We're gonna don't, we'll talk about that some other time. Um, but uh, like. He a discussion this... so disgusting we can't that's, even that's wrap it. <laughs> yeah. But um, Mana has his first um, line, mm. like, an hour into the film, right? right. It's when he finally gets um, gets with um, Mima alone, yeah. right? And I thought it was pretty clever where they had the fake rape scene, they had the real rape scene, and, like, just in terms of, like, a visual language and stuff, like, yeah. this film I thought was, like, easy a level like you'd have to like really convince me that it's not it's just all the other parts of the film didn't quite I, line I up as well agree. yeah and then but with all that one of the things that really suffered was i just i i needed something more from the relationship 
from Rumi to be like, no, please, yeah. this really sucks. Because like my brain yeah. goes, this should work on a on a like this should yeah. work. But my my heart was like, I don't. First of all, I was like, is this actually real? Is this actually right. Rumi? Because like this is right before the scene is where it's like for like 15 minutes you're just dipped around you're like i don't actually know what's real and what's not and then she just trying to find okay the soccer doesn't work okay let's blame somebody else mm. and and then so like even then my brain was still like i don't really know if this is a true yeah. and i feel like if i had something that like grounded me being like okay legit this for real 100 percent. like we have a totem this is yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. this is real then i i think that scene might have worked better for me but i was confused and i didn't have enough from sort of the the enough from Rumi to actually really truly honestly have that emotional feeling if that did honestly i would have given this well, name. yeah but like there was just some parts i just didn't quite well, get i think that. the ambiguity is there and the ambiguity is like mm. some of my favorite stuff but i just feel like you have mm. to ground especially with Rumi chan like she's just grounded mm. in one personality for the entire film and then to have her like do a phenomenal like huge switch to the other side yeah. is just it's a huge leap right we yeah like in all seriousness we needed like some sort of like totem yeah, no it's true just be like, <laughs> like oh okay yeah yeah like this yeah. okay this is this is real life yeah. right because then i would have understood the stakes yeah. of the scene i was waiting yeah. for her to wake up again right mm. so that was that was i think my biggest yeah, issue more than yeah. anything and that's what i mean on a narrative level like i just don't know if it holds together but just tonally like that yeah. scene where she's fighting her and like you know running after her and the umbrellas coming out and all this stuff like it's mm. it's fascinating and kind of fun to watch in a way so that's mm. the yeah there's a real duality to this film that i would mm. for sure yeah. so um i think we're starting to wind down a little bit one thing right. I will say... How many say... characters get stabbed in the eye? Oh, Can yeah. we count them uh, too quickly? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, the, the elevator uh, scene? Photographer. Oh, right. The photographer gets stabbed. The executive. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm missing... Uh, not the screenwriter, but the... Uh... Yeah, no, the screenwriter. Oh, the screenwriter yeah. does get in the eyes. Did they all get yeah. in the eyes? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. so then it must be three or four of them, right? Because there's right. the... Who's the pizza... The one who gets killed by the pizza photographer okay that's photographer got it so i think there's photographer executive there's three of three of them and 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 yeah so like everybody who is part of the film business uh no i think except the connection is more of the people who like directly uh, influenced a thing that happened her her image yeah or like or or whatever like that right right okay yeah because the film is like it it definitely asks uh, like what is the relationship of these people who are in like celebrity spots to the crowd and the audience. But it's also about like, what are the personal relationships and what sort of like power dynamics are at play in like personal assistant, agent, Mm -hmm. um, talent management, manager, uh, producer, screenwriter, et cetera. Like how much control and influence do these people have? And and what, what are the scope of all those Mm -hmm. intersecting, circles sort of thing like what what effects does that produce on the person in the middle of it and the one in front of the camera yeah when i and i think in a very rudimentary kind of way like it's sort of saying like these people who get stabbed like they're ultimately blind to what they are blind right well they're the ones that are like you know lascivious let's have a rape scene because that'll uh, it'll definitely get yeah it'll up the ratings i think they get to see your tits and you know it's a critique definitely of the industry and of like consumer desire or interest in in those sorts of things you know 
But at the same level, <laughs> the film's doing a thing where it's like, no, no, we're filming the filming of rape, but they're still benefiting from that sort of like, I don't well, know. What What would you want from a film trying to do that? I'm not sure. And I'm sh like, it being anime gives it permissions that we wouldn't give to uh, live action movies, yeah. you know? Do you, do you feel and like... And so it definitely exploits exploits that in some way i'm just not do you feel sure like it should have been right less now. explicit like it was that your issue or is it more just uh because you know there's a lot of scenes of like her boobs and like you know there's blood and like there's yeah. close-ups of the eyes and there's close-ups of this so are you saying that like it could have come off a little more austere and like distance or is it just... or like a little subtler symbolically yeah that's know? that's also true <laughs> that's true yeah yeah i mean stabbed in the eye and a rape scene are pretty like right. uh, those are exclamatory uh denouncements yeah. you know <laughs> i don't yeah. know of the industry the state of the industry of, and the state of culture surrounding it and i'm not saying it's 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 proper but i do think it's also sort of part of that sort of culture and sort of that like not i don't, I don't want to say it's called a genre but like sort of the nature of those kind of films so i'm not saying that it's what do you mean by those kind of films no no well, I, like, I, I know what you're saying oh sort of like the um, like, like akira like yeah. we watched that together right like they're just the, the the history of those films it's like it's it's kind of embedded mm. like hyper violence mm. um sort of over sexualized things like it's i'm not saying it's correct i'm just saying that's what the sort of the history of the film right. is right um it's and, like a you know a thematic rhetoric or yeah. whatever or like genre convention yeah. something like that right so it's i'm and it like would it be weird if a film that was so embedded and and trying to talk about these things not have that like i don't i don't know right it's i, know. I had less issue with the exploitation quote unquote um but yeah i i, I also mean, wasn't thrown off as much by like the gore and like that sort of stuff i was more just it was more just like plot wise when you know he would like chase her like it was when you finally got the last scene with uh, the stalker and um he's running around the stage and he's like slashing through the curtains i was like more on a narrative level when it was like uh uh cliche like that's that's really what got to be more than like yeah. content or explicit stuff i did yeah, really like i think that that's what of... i'm saying as well yeah. mitch oh mitch. yeah choose and take <laughs> your mitch, pick. Mitch, mitch. <laughs> which one um i i do think you're like... one of those guys with two that's names right. <laughs> yeah which is the real oh man? yeah Oh, now we're dun, tying dun, 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 in. Witchell. Witchell's the real Mitchell. <laughs> I, I do think, like, Satoshi Kon was actually really focusing on sort of, like, the visual aspect of that and probably sacrifice some of the uh, narrative things mm -hmm. so that he could have sort of the visual matching um, because, yeah. like, mm -hmm. that scene that Mitch has a small issue with is happening where the quote-unquote fake one did, right? So, um, other than that, I'm going to wrap this up. I will say that if you are looking for something that is a definitely something sort of like a visual adventure um but you're sort of turned off by the idea of like the the violence and all that sort of stuff um go check out paprika yeah. uh it's done by stoshi khan as well uh tony and i have seen it beforehand i really like paprika. i i i paprika have, is I have, amazing. I have not uh but i read about it last night i didn't realize it was the same director but i know this is yeah. this visually and and also like i think narratively inspired inception mm -hmm. right uh, paprika yeah, yeah paprika right. so yeah like satoshi khan is like probably yeah. one of the best animators that a number of sort of casual mm. viewers have never yeah. heard of yeah. um like hayao miyazaki okay i've heard of him right, right. Um, or like studio ghibli yeah. but like this guy 
influenced so many people and he's mm. extremely talented like perfect blue was one of his earlier mm-hmm. films so like like yeah there are issues but like he he figures out a lot of so yeah. like, he kinks out a lot of these issues that he has as he goes through these films like paprika still has an issue too but like i i remember it being an easy right, a minus right. a film just from the sheer yeah. visual brilliance and it has a lot sort of a stronger well, I, yeah so, i definitely see tonally that <laughs> if you can transfer this onto a great or a, at least a much stronger narrative, like it, it's a you know home run. Because it really, there's yeah. moments that, I, honestly, I'm sitting here watching mm. it, and my head is just going, where am I? What is happening? Mm. Which character is which? And you're right, like in Black Swan, you're like, oh, she's <laughs> watching the real one, you're watching the fake one. But in this one, it very much blends it in a way that I think maybe it's just the anime. Well, Black Swan, yeah gets there too uh, it, to a certain degree sorry yeah, no, i didn't mean no, to that's fine. like i think it, it does but i found maybe it's because it's animation and maybe it's because it's so fast-paced but there's something about it that actually blends in the way that like you know live action dream sequency type films can't achieve yeah yeah right. I, I definitely yeah. think satoshi khan um utilizes the fact it's animated very well uh, and does things yeah. in live action uh, things that you just can't do in live yeah. action Especially um, the phantom double that she yes. produces, seems to mm. produce or is like imposed on mm. her by the stress of her situation and by the theme of the role that she's involved in and everything. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but other than that, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna assume they're going to watch it and it's going to be an A- minus after really? that. <laughs> but uh, other than that, my name is Paul Weston. Um, and, okay. <laughs> and, and my my name is Paul. No, Weston. no, my name is also Paul Weston. All right, well, they lose their opportunity to say their names. All right, take care, guys. Okay, bye. bye. See you. Bye. bye, internet.